Cut it all of. Cut it all. Uh, uh, this episode might end up being a little bit short. Sorry, guys. Uh, you'll never know why. Bye. <laughs> That's the intro. <laughs> can no okay. longer maintenance it and they're mm-hmm. just like fuck it i'm abandoning it yeah and that's how your website turns into an advertisement for professional hand jobs in china yeah oh my god <laughs> ask me how i know i forgot all about that that seems like it was ages ago and we never brought it up on the podcast do you want to tell the listeners what what we're talking about as we fade in here okay so i i did i remember going in because it was like oh you have to pay for your domain renewal or some you know, the yearly website renewal shenanigans. And I went, okay, I'll get around to it. And then I was sitting on the stoop. It was still warm outside because I was, remember sitting on the stoop chatting with a fellow on one of the apps. And then I was like, oh, he was like, what's your art look like? I'm like, here's my website. And then it was like Air 404. So I went, oh, let me pay them right now. Wait, I'm going to slow you down and back up for a second. I didn't realize that you've been chatting with fellows on apps in the core. No, this was like a year ago. Oh, okay. okay. I haven't had a website in... A long time. <laughs> and you just didn't know it. You never... I thought, well, because the last time I checked on it was February. Okay. This was February. February of 2019? 2020. Oh, okay. And it was still like available, but like when I went to Namecheap, they're like, you're going to have to pay us $190 to reinstate it. And I went, what? Um, In case it's not clear, because I'm afraid that it's not. What we're discussing here is that you lost the domain name for your website. Which is my name. Yes, which yes. is your name. Yeah, which we will not state because we don't want to send any traffic to prostitution services. I mean, you know, sex work, go ahead and do it. But, like, I'm not advertising for it. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, by the way, Chinese hookers bought Will's name, and now they use it to peddle their services. It's a massage experience. I'm sure Thank it you. is. Yeah. Um, but I think I translated some of it and was like, make lots of money. Meet interesting people. I was like, that's hooking. Oh, it actually sounds like it might be a recruiting tool for supposed masseuse. Is. I don't know. Either way. Which is really dark. It's, if people are using your name to sex traffic young Chinese women, oh, that yeah. sucks, man. You you should kind of yeah. figure that out because it's sort of libelous. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, but no, it's dot .biz, which I think is a little snappier. Your new one is yeah. Dot .biz. Yeah. yeah, I like the dot .biz. I think that's a little more, you know, like Essex Street has a dot .biz. Gavin Brown has a dot .biz. A so lot of people like, have that. Hmm. Did you have the option to get a custom extension? Because you know now it can just be anything. Yeah, but I thought... You could have got like will.loff or whatever. Ew. No, I would never. I they were like, "Do you want Will Laughlin dot art?" And I was like, "Get wrecked." That's disgusting. dot art sucks. If That's you have disgusting. dot art, kill yourself. That's horrible. Ugh. Yeah. Or it was like dot food, and actually, I think that would have been more funny. Like Will Laughlin dot food. You know, I'd giggle. given given our recent conversations, that would make a lot of sense. I think I'd laugh. Um. So yeah, I bought. I, but like you know, when you can spend thirty bucks and get two domains that are dot biz versus 190 to like reinstate and i was like yeah i'll do that yeah that makes more sense well, whatever but otherwise you... you have to like haggle it back like you have to make an offer to buy it back and they could like raise the offer and right. if it's someone who's like you know 
doing some light human trafficking, they have a lot of funds to go, no, we want this site. How much are you willing to pay? And I'm like, I'm not willing to pay like $200. It's actually occurring to me now that um, presenting it as like, whether it's prostitution or trafficking or whatever, doing something problematic with somebody's name gives them a lot of incentive to buy it back. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine that the website's kind of a front right now, Mm -hmm. that the services being proffered are not even truly there. It's just like a dirty tactic to drive up the price on wanting to not have your name shamed globally like mm. you have right now. No, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I got dot biz, baby. It's pretty funny. Do, have you tried to Google your own name and see which one comes up first? Because oh, that's going to be com- problematic. I don't come up at all. All my images that used to like come up, really? it's all gone. Do, do you know off the top of your head, like when they purchased your domain name, they don't have access to any of your stuff that was on the website. No. Right? They just no. take the name from you. No, because yeah. that's all in a different server. Right, it's on an FTP server. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all, yeah, it's in separate places. They just bought the domain because it lapsed. And I was like, but I paid you $40, guys. Like, come on. It's funny that we're talking about this because today I saw that there's a guy, his name is Abdul something, but he has all the at Advil handles oh, that's funny. across social media. And I guess Advil, like I went to all these pages to see if it was legit mm-hmm. and he does have them. And apparently Advil must have some other like extension for their social media accounts because they haven't tried to buy him from this guy. Huh. And that seems really like they'd be capable of doing that. Do you want Advil tweeting? I feel like I don't want Advil tweeting. Yeah, but all companies do that now. Not really like... It's like the only way to like... It's the workaround for like customer support or customer service. Honestly, after all the like... All the effectiveness of so-called like tweet storms. Yeah. I'm surprised that companies even bother with it anymore. Like I wonder what they think they're getting out of it. I, I feel like it's more that they just have the domain name so that someone doesn't put Chinese prostitutes on it. Well, because that's what trolls would do. Yeah. Especially to pharmaceutical companies, for example. But I wonder if, like, I'm sure there's an at bear. So, like, that's, like, the umbrella company. So, they're like, we don't care about the individual brands. That's not true, though. Because, like, all they the do, fast yeah. food brands have individual handles. And they're all owned by, like, Yum or whatever. That's only KFC, Taco Bell, Long John Silver's, and Pizza Hut. <laughs> And one more. I am gobsmacked that you know that off the top of your head. You don't know that? You don't know? Think of, exactly. think of every, I like... maybe named two or three of them, but you just <laughs> rifled that list off like you study it at night. Think of every, like, fuck, combo drive through you've ever witnessed. That's just all of the combos mushed together. Yeah, I, under- I understand. I understand that. I can do very easy fast food math. It's very bizarre to me that you can just rifle that off. Is it, though? No, not at all. No. It's just, it's alarming. I'm scared now. <laughs> I'm the rain man of fast food. Oh, my God. Well, you wouldn't let me go to Wendy's twice yesterday, twice in a row. You no. stamped that down. Can no. you explain your reasoning? I did not want as, to. As a lover of the Yum! brands, <laughs> as a known fan. As a fan, devout devotee of the yeah. yum brand i no i just like didn't want to be like here's that busted ass corolla it's got less hubcaps this time what's going on um and then just go in for another round of spicy chicken sandwich and mm-hmm. double bacon cheeseburger like that was like i didn't want the side long lances plus i fig- figured they were probably closed already i think it's really funny the extent to which shame works on you oh, from so strangers effective. like it's imaginary oh, yeah. they don't care they're working at wendy's during a pandemic do you think they care about your falling off hubcaps but that's why i think it's like extra no the, the judge... by the way will's down to one hubcap on his card <laughs> flew off on the freeway on the way to montauk <laughs> yesterday 
I heard it. That's, I just, heard... A, that's just our weekly Corolla update. I so heard, everyone I heard can know what state of decay the car is in. I heard the clang and then looked in the rear view and saw this little disc flying in the distance. And I went, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, it happened. <laughs> She's down to one. I'm, I'm surprised, given your relationship with shame, that you immediately told me rather than keeping it a secret. Well, in case there was like an accident behind us, you'd be like, what's going on back there? I'd be like, the hubcap. Oh, my God. It, oh, it would be my dream for Corolla's decay to cause like a massive pile up on the Southern Expressway or whatever the fuck for you it is. All right. On the 27, we've got a 16 car pile up. <laughs> There's a 15 inch Corolla hubcap wedged in the windshield of a Beamer. Uh, by the way, I realized why your hubcaps aren't staying on. I was investigating your I think wheels. My tires aren't inflated enough. No, that could be. I didn't think about that, but no, it's just that there's so much rust around your rims that the clips that hold the hubcaps on are completely gone or rusted out. Because it's oh. just a series of three metal clips that hold yeah. the plastic hubcap on. They're just missing, or they're so rusty that they're turning into powder. Oh. Which is not good news because you're probably going to need to replace the rims on your car because oh. they're similarly rusty. Yeah. Eventually, one of those is going to break, and then you're going to grind your axle into the freeway. Oh, fuck. And your car is going to be destroyed. Mm. So you might want to get that taken care of. It's going to be expensive. but I, I think I, I, at that point, I would just rather just send Corolla to the gods and lease a car. You would, le- uh, you of course you would lease a car. I was going <laughs> to ask, you would lease a car? But yes, of course you would. <laughs> you we? Just increase your debt. Well, no, I wouldn't buy it. I would just return and get a different one. That's how leases work, right? You borrow the car for that is two hundred dollars a month. Yeah, but that is how leases work. But like, do you do you really want to be renting a third substantial thing in your life? Eh. You got a studio, you got an apartment, and now the car is going to be a consistent cost. Oh well, that'll buy my like lesbian Subaru and live my best life. I guess it does make more sense for you given that you're not really into maintenance of cars. Yeah, I know. So, since you're buying against your own car's future, you could think about it that way. Your negligence of Corolla's maintenance is really you're just you She's know, also you're you're leasing its death. She's from 2005. Yeah, I understand. She that. old. No, I know, but you can you can keep up your car, you know, and they'll keep on running, man. Especially a car from that era. Mm. But Toyota, you know, I'd have to put like the Bluetooth in. You could just lease a thing. And well, I'm not even. Up, I'm know. not even talking about cosmetic things like your useless radio and your half an antenna. <laughs> By the way, Corolla has half an antenna. She's had half an antenna which means that for you years. can't even pick up Hot 97 if you're one mile out of Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> it starts to decay. Yeah, you leave the boroughs, and then there's no. Yeah, there's no radio towers. Obviously, because there's no tall things in Long Island. And, that's, that is not why you can't pick it up, dude. The, the range of New York radio stations is the greatest in the entire country. Yeah, you should true. be able to pick up Hot 97 in the middle of Pennsylvania for y- You sake. usually can. Well. If you have a full antenna. Jesus Christ, I don't know. Yeah, if you have a full antenna being Which, the key thing. Normally, you can just like unscrew the broken part and then screw on another one. And I like talked to my mechanic in Ohio. He's like, yeah, we could fix that. And then he went to go reach and he was like, oh, no, we can't fix it. He was like, that's like hard work. Like, that's a, another day. I'm like. Okay, never mind. Because normally you can just go pop on a new one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the thing, though. If you had done all of these things one thing at a time, you wouldn't be driving in a disaster waiting to happen. Like, I mean, what do you imagine is going to happen when one of your wheels rots off and your axle grinds into the ground? It's not going to be a good scene. It's not going to be safe. 
No. It could potentially cause the, the lives of others, especially mm. given uh, post-quar when the streets are once again crowded with pedestrians. Mm. I can't wait for the day Corolla careens through an intersection <laughs> and kills a bunch of Vietnamese family or something. Okay. Well. <sighs> yeah. I, but I, yeah, if you had just maintained your car the whole time, you wouldn't need to lease one. But, but I, I guess that's what it cleared up for you. But you, I also you don't know something. how to like take care of a car. Well, you don't i mean you could learn all the things yourself uh-uh. that's a thing you could do uh-uh. you know yeah. i mean what's going to happen when you order new hubcaps and they come you're going to have to put them on yeah you clip them on i know how to put a hubcap on okay i'm not I w- sure I that once, that's true i once found a hubcap because i was missing one hubcap this you know corolla's long checkered history with hubcaps is extensive but one popped off this is like when it was newish to me uh-huh and I was driving home from work one night in college, and there was a Corolla hubcap on the side of the road. And I pulled over, grabbed it, got home, popped that little sucker right on. Because so I was like, ah, oh, perfect. Wow, what a lucky find. Uh, yeah. I'm just surprised that you would do that, because I think you're not one for, like, picking things up off the side of the road or out of the trash, for example, well, in spite of their quality. Well, the shame of having one missing hubcap was so high, and then I went, oh, serendipity, one hubcap. It was probably mine that had popped off given the location oh maybe yeah but i still but no this was weak so i was like it's not hard there's little clippies just pull them and then you're there yeah but i just said earlier there's no more little clippies there's probably <laughs> the little clippies are gone hopefully clip- hopefully the little clippies i found a come uh, with the new hubcap i found a uh a hubcap outside of old studio and tried to clip it on but it was too big <laughs> It was like an inch too big. I'm learning a lot about you right now. Like, you're a garbage picker for stuff for your car. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. It's so weird. It's so incongruous with everything else I know about you. I was never one of those, like, you know how people, like, there's people who are like, my house is kind of shit, but, like, my car is banging? Yes. I was never of that, clearly never of that brand where I'm like, I don't, the car does the car thing. Which is being full of plastic bottles and cigarette packs. Was it? No, it not was this clean. time. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did I just send it out? Yes. Um, <laughs> check my. I mean, guys, if you don't know this already, we're talking hoarders level, like up to the back seat, sometimes covering it. I, it hasn't been that way in a year. It, thank God for Jewel, because at least your car doesn't smell like cigarettes and isn't full of ash anymore. No, but that I, I'm. I think I have to give her another Febreze because with the hot air, like it's coming out of the seats again, and I'm like, fuck. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Nicotine. It never comes out. No. It takes a lot of work. But you take those arm roll wipes and it actually gets into the fibers. It's wild. I was like, oh, this works. Huh. Interesting. Um, where are we going with this? Yeah. So, like, I don't, I, well, I, I don't care about car the car. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't really care about car because as long as car does moving, it moves, I don't care. Right. But you but are, when it doesn't move, I go, oh, shit, got to care about the car now. Yeah, right. Exactly. But you, Which is, you have to find a sweet spot. Right. And for you, the sweet spot is just eventually totaling the car. Whereas for most people, you know, that sweet spot is regular maintenance and oil changes and I do the, having I do the, entire I do the antennas, change. things like this. I do the oil Perhaps change. updating the radio so that you have a way of playing music other than putting an iPhone in a cup <laughs> holder and blasting it out of the speaker. <laughs> this is real. <laughs> that is Will's preferred method for listening to things I'm in I'm only car. in the car for 10 minutes at a time. Like, I'm not going on lengthy trips. But sometimes you're on a lengthy trip. It's rare enough that I don't care. <laughs> or I would, like, I should have remembered to grab the dongle from the, the soundboard, and we would have been fine. Yeah. You well, know? now that the soundboard's out of commission. Oh, there we go. 
you you have a free dongle now. Okay. Well. We well, I hope everybody enjoyed the car talk <laughs> segment. Of the are we done? No, I'm really glad that you were able to fill some time with Corolla talk because I I I'm very worried about doing this tonight because why? I've been in despair mode all day. Oh, why? I've I've been in despair mode for a week. I feel like I haven't had a coherent, complex thought in mm. a very long time, mm. and it's bothering me. You had plenty of complex thoughts the other day when you wanted to talk, but you wanted to just talk. Yeah, you don't like it when I want to <laughs> talk, but at the same time, mm. you get mad at me if I save it for the podcast. So speaking of like a healthy I, balance, <laughs> I'm not really sure how to fit in with that. I dynamic. was also like five drinks behind, so I was like, I'm not there. I think yet. that's mostly the problem. Yeah, is that sometimes I get to drinking and then I get to thinking. Yeah, and then you have no choice but to listen. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I finally put my my video game down. I'm having a moment, sipping on a lovely cocktail. And then, and then the, the silence is over. I think this is part of the problem. There's no intellectual energy in the household anymore because now you're gaming all the time, and I've been gaming the whole time. I well, see. Here's the thing. I I do when I wake up. I don't. I go on internet, and if I'm having like a depressed day, I'll read the news and then you know spiral, and then order fifty dollars of Chinese food that I will eat for the next like four days. Yes. Um. Or like my preferred routine is get up do some like photoshopping or do some like color work or like shop on wafer for gnomes mm-hmm. um you know like i'll do like very mindful two hours of like internet like art related stuff so are you're you're a work in the morning type of guy huh that's difficult for me i don't like doing that i have clear thoughts in the like i do the like mental work like the conceptual thinking stuff in in when i first wake up because like I can hmm. have like I can pound as many coffees as I want while I do it, right? Because that's like it works that way. Like I'm just like, that's interesting. I feel like part of the process of waking up for me is the not thinking for the first couple of hours. Oh no, I might do a little news reading or something. But when I'm pounding my coffees, I'm trying to just like be up before I get the gears really turning. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. By the second coffee, I might have some gears turning. But I don't think I could like make a painting in the morning. Or do anything productive. Oh, I don't like going to studio in the morning. Don't get don't get that twisted. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because that I, I I never could do that. I was never that person. But wait, okay. Let's let's go back to what you were saying though. So what happens for the rest of the day? You start to wind down after the morning. That's what I'm like. And then assuming. it'll either be like reading or like play some Scrabble with Randos and Gwen for a little bit. And then it's either then it's eat. Uh huh. So then we're at about four o'clock, three, four o'clock, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's the choice of, am I going to go to studio and do an activity? Am I going to take a nap? There's three, there's three, three routes from here. Right. Studio, nap, switch. Okay. I feel like you've been 90% choosing switch. I've only lately. had it for a week. Let I me understand. have it. Let me no, have I it for understand. a week. I'm not, I'm, I'm legitimately not trying to shame you here because I'm, I love gaming. Trust me. But let's be honest, right? That's what's been going on the last week. I don't know. I had, like, you go to your studio, I suppose. Yeah. But it's mostly Switch. Well, because I'm doing that, like, I'm doing, like, prep stuff now, and I'm like, I fucking hate that. It's so Yeah, boring. that's the boring part. Yeah, so I'm like, oh. It's almost done now. So Maybe I should just be your assistant, because I think more and more that's the only part of painting that I like doing. Oh, yeah. I don't actually want to make the thing. Yeah, go fucking have at it. Sand away. Yeah. Enjoy. Well, you could color. I'll mix the color. You go. You, no, oh, I, I thought you meant, like, a coloring book. I guess that is what that you mean. That kind of is but on a real, But on a real painting, yeah. 
but I like doing that. That's satisfying. Ooh, maybe I should get a coloring book. I actually feel like that would scratch the itch perfectly for me, where you don't have to conceptualize anything, Ooh. and you can just have like a lot of material satisfaction. Yeah. But I, also, I think that would get boring really fast. Well, I was going to... I was looking at uh, ink refills for printer, because I was like, you know what would be nice? A fucking printer? Well, a printer for several reasons. You can feed it like some nice paper and then like hope that it comes out and then you just have the line drawing and then you can like do gouache drawing and then you don't have to trace anything. Yeah, yeah. That's how Peter Halley does all of his drawings. Yeah, I would like to do that. I would like to do that too. That's actually a really good idea because then you don't have to trace. Yeah. You would like just eliminate a whole step. Oh, That's yeah. nice. Because all I do is fill in lines. How much do you think like a printer that could handle a 22 by 30 sheet of paper is? That's a lot. Is that like a thousand dollars? That's like a those big ass Epsons. Well, no, there's things between like an Epson 9600 that is 44 inches wide and like a 17 inch photo mm. printer. I think those are rarer because what are you going to do? Who's that for? Well, for people that print photos at that size. But why would you not just get the big mama? I guess so. I don't know. Ink costs, things like this. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I finally found a place with ink that's like 20 bucks. So I was like, ooh, sick. Do you have the printer here at your studio? Yeah, it's at my studio. Oh, damn it. What? I can. I need you to bring home all your devices so that I don't have to leave. That's what I like to have happen. Yeah. Why don't you just come again? Hey, do you want to come and just use the projector in a place that's designed for projecting? No, you and know. And walls that are designed for this? It's no, not e- I don't want to leave. No, it's not even coronavirus related at this point. I just realized I don't want to, I don't ever want to leave. <laughs> I just like it better not leaving. This might relate back to your uh, misery week. Oh, you think? Oh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> just to circle back like you know no i do think it is related because i think we alluded to it before but we went to montauk yesterday and i think there was something about being outside for a while and getting that like sun-baked feeling mm. you know and not having to wear the mask because there was less people out there and just it felt kind of normal mm. that i might have had like a serotonin spike yeah and it was like a nice day and then today i was like Oh, everything sucks. And it doesn't help that it's getting warmer outside. Oh, therefore, yeah. it's getting warmer inside. And warm inside is very uncomfortable oh, yeah. with no breeze. And just like it feels gross. I it's feel a little gross. clammy. Yeah. The Wendy's probably doesn't help either. No. Two junior bacon cheeseburgers and a crispy chicken sandwich. Yeah, that was a lot. Uh, But yeah, yeah. I think, um, I don't know. What am I getting at here? Like the, I love a lot about the quarantine but much like everyone else, this is not an original thought. As the weather's getting better, I'm like, uh-oh. Fuck this quarantine. Yeah. yeah. The, itch, the itch is kind of coming where I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this now. <laughs> but I don't know how to handle that. What? Because eh, I don't want to be done with it. <laughs> I wish it was winter still is what I'm saying. Oh, Like yeah, I wish I mean... the weather was bad and there was no guilt associated with being inside. Oh, because then it would just be hibernation. Which it was yeah. for a while when it's like rainy and shitty. And now yeah. I'm like, it's about to be summer. Like, and like we only have a couple days time. and yeah. it's going to be really nice and you still can't like see your friends. Now it's going to really start to oh, suck. I mean, driving around today, like people have fully given up on giving a shit. Like there's people yeah. with masks, but there's a lot of people on their stoop, like with people walking by, hanging out. And they're just like, no. Nah. Well, th- this is back to my maybe despair a little bit is... Part of the problem with this is the realization that, like, this quarantine was basically for nothing because the powers that be in our institutions didn't use the time to do anything. Mm. So now that we are all going to just ignore it 
and go back out in the world because there is no other choice and there is no clear alternative. There's also the real reality that that just means a bunch of people are going to get sick and die. Yeah, I mean, and that like we did all this for no reason. Well, I think I'm kind of fucked up about that a little bit. Well, there was like a sociologist. Uh, it was either some kind of it was either a scientist or a sociologist that was like pandemics end two ways. You find a cure and you disperse it and then everyone gets it and you're done like medically. Bing, bang, boom. Or it ends social like in a social way where people are just fed up and tired and they're like, well, fuck it. Yeah. Which is, which is fine. But like, like it's in the rear view. We don't care anymore. But yes, mm-hmm. which, which is inevitable. And I think yeah. everybody's realizing that all at once that like, there's just something instinctual about this after two months where you're no matter how much it works for you. Like in my case, it's not that bad. It's mm-hmm. still like, all right, fuck it. Uh, you can't, this is no way to live. You yeah. Know? But the, the thing that I'm talking about is like, well, you were supposed to use that time to like make a plan, right? Mm. We would mm. go back to work in various stages, which they're kind of doing. Or like, you know, maybe we staff up the hospitals a little bit because there's an inevitable second wave. But instead, nobody did anything. Yeah, no. And there, so there's this like real dread and despair surrounding it because what was the point, you know? It would have been one thing if all of this, like, social solidarity was meaningful, and instead it's just been flushed down the toilet. It's like, well, yeah, you stayed inside for two months. Sorry. We We didn't fucking do anything. Well, we had to save the stocks. Yeah, we had to save our heckin' stock arenas, man. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, that's... We can't make the money printer go burr forever. Uh, Unfortunately, that meme has been consigned to history. Already? Wow. Oh, yeah, it was in the Times. Um, Yeah, I don't... But you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it, it, it's it's hard to gauge. And then everybody's going to have PTSD at the same time on one level or another based on how you subjectively handled this. Like, mm. you know, everyone's going to have various fear or guilt or no guilt at all. Like, yeah, it, it just makes everything more chaotic. And what was so enjoyable, this is me personally now, about the quarantine was the quietude sort of like, mm. you know. It was a respite from the chaos. Respite. Um, don't make fun of uh, people because they learned words from reading and yeah, no, never said them bad. out loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, respite. <laughs> respite. Um, it's, I mean, I like have this worry that I'm like, I'm not going to know how to talk to people because like I already was bad at it as yeah. previously discussed. But yeah. now like now people like seeing people around like gives me like, like I can feel my shoulders do the like the snatchback of like oh no people eh. right right you know i that's interesting because i feel like um i don't know I'm, i bet a lot of people feel this way but right before this popped off i felt like i was really blossoming in a way um in this respect socially like yeah. i started to have more confidence in mm. my ability whether it was talking to friends or talk, talking to strangers to mm-hmm. like um be generous in conversation and mm-hmm. be open and also be just confident and sort of powerful in that way. Mm. I think it had a lot to do for me with like canvassing and stuff that like that really oh, broke yeah. the seal on like dealing with anybody. It made me realize like, okay, there's really nothing scary about people. Uh-huh. And now like that has been completely reversed. JK, people are scary. Like y- yesterday when we were at Montauk and that couple just said, Hey, how you guys doing? I didn't even look at them. I was like, oh, I don't know. I-, I was able to respond with a, very good how you know how are you just a totally perfunctory thing 
But like, really, that was an invitation to have a little like social distance conversation, uh-uh. and it would have been a nice thing to do. Like, they sounded Australian. I'm not talking to them. I immediately regretted not exchanging at least a couple more lines with them. No, you fuck know, that. just to just to find out. But it was a totally instinctual thing to not do that. It took everything I had just to realize I shouldn't run, and I'm only kind of exaggerating that. You know, I mean the the yeah. I just didn't even. I was like, huh, ah. Like I did, like because the mask was down because we were like ten feet away. Yeah, I was able to finally do the like white person smile. Of, hmm. Hi. Like, and then just be like, hmm, hi. Yeah, I gotta go. Get the fuck away from me and your dog. Your dog's cute. Yeah. All right. I mean, I don't know, but you've always kind of been that way. That's not that dissimilar from your natural reaction. Like somebody saying something to you on a beach, a stranger. Oh, I would still y- be. You like, would still me. pretty much dismiss it and move on. Yeah. Pretty you know, much. you would you would do everything you felt you could do to not be straight up rude Ugh. but you would be cold oh of course yeah um that's my you know that's my natural in- in- inclination on some level too but uh it's so crazy that it was only you know 10 weeks ago or whatever where i really felt like i'd gotten over that mm. um and maybe yes maybe i still can it's just a question of like it, it's going to take a whole reacclimation it's a definitely it's a two steps forward one step back kind of situation yeah. No, it's very... Uh, no, that's why, like, when I see things about, like, okay, we're going to do it this way, I'm like, ugh, dread. Ugh. Like, because your brain, it's two months of being wired of, like, stay away from people. Yeah. It's like, ugh, how do you untrain that? Because well, now it's a habit. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that part will n- will come back pretty easy because I think there's just something fundamental um God, I can't. I keep fumbling my words right now. Fundamental. Something fum. You're fundamental. You're fumbling fundamental. Something fundamental to human nature about just having interactions. Like, I think that will just click with everybody almost immediately. It'll take a few days, but it won't take a few months, right? Yeah. The the thing that's more anxiety producing It'll in take my like two weeks. Sure. But it's it's not gonna take years, right? No, no, no. But there are things that are gonna take a lot longer to get used to. Like just logistics and pacing. Like those are the things that are yeah. making me freak out again where it's like, okay, I don't know. Now you have to get on the subway or now you have to go grocery shopping more often or whatever. There was a proposal the MTA was considering of like making reservations like trips by scheduling trips and i went the fuck are you talking about that is impossible what problem is that supposed to solve to stagger the amount of people so they so would like you count- would say i'm going to get on the train that comes at 8:55 like you'd pre buy your tickets and, and if you that, miss yeah. it you have to reschedule for that makes no sense no, people are going to be late to work you can't do that well then you'd be like well everyone would have to pace like operating times i'm like do you know how a society works no. Yeah, no. That's okay. that's preposterous in a city this size. I could see that working for bus systems or something in less populated places yeah, maybe. No. Maybe. But like if you that makes no sense though because it's like if your employer holds you over at work 5 minutes and then you miss your train and you can't get another one for 2 hours, what? You're fucking walking home yeah, no. from the upper west side. Like uh-uh. th- that's so stupid. I no. can't believe that's even been pitched. I mean, I like uh, there's a lot of timed things that I'm like absolutely the fuck not. Like, I'm not going to plan in advance to go to the Met. Well, well, listen. Like, like that's never going to happen. Here's the thing. It's one thing if it's your day off and it's a leisure day, right? If it's going to the Met, I think that's totally plausible. Mm. But treating, like, daytime excursions the same way that you would treat someone's everyday commute makes no sense because you 
better believe that your boss is not going to accept the excuse that I need to leave right this minute to catch the train that I scheduled when you have 20 more minutes of work to do, in their opinion. I mean... You, that's never going to fucking happen. I, that's just a, that's just attacks on working people because the other the other people that are making the call to keep you at work are taking Ubers everywhere. I mean, I wonder, though, if people are just going to be like, mm, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, yeah, leave. Like, I, I wonder... If it's a matter of like, well, now do the thing, like... My intuitions around this are just so pessimistic. Like, I, I hesitate to talk about it because I don't want to bum people out, but I just really don't think that collectively we have it in us to resist the old dynamic. I think that's going to come back so strong and everyone's going to fold to it immediately. I That's kind of where I'm at this week. Like, I, I don't know. I'm done with being hopeful and like learning shit. Fuck it. The world's just going to get like a little bit worse every day for the rest of our lives. That's pretty much okay. what's going to happen. This is where the Family Feud X would go. Bing. <laughs> um, so like, I the, New York Magazine does like a weekly poll of blah 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 blah, like how people are feeling, and there like there was a comment from a lawyer who was like, "I rose to like prominence in my field like you know very quickly, and was working like weekends and sixty hours a week, and then with this, I realized, do I want to remember people's birthdays and like." Uh, you know, part like, or do I want to remember the four walls of my office? And I don't really give a fuck about my office. And I was like, what? That's a rich person saying that. Yeah, that that's the <sighs> thing, right? I mean, I don't know. I feel like we don't need to rehash that aspect of it. That obviously it's privileged people that will be able to carry through these realizations. But those are usually people who are doing the like breakneck work speed or enforcing that uh, yeah but they're also middlemen you know and they're going to get pressure from the top where these problems don't exist these people all make their own schedules and do everything according to themselves mm -hmm. so they want their profits right and that requires a certain amount of haste and they're going to get it out of their middle managers if they want to keep their job and then it's going to trickle down to everybody else like that's mm -hmm. the way it works i don't believe these people that they will resist that their lives will get more comfortable because they'll be able to work from home and stuff. Mm. For the rest of us that can't do that, ain't going to happen. Well, I would love to. I just, I've said this off mic, but I'm like, oh, just give me one day to work from home a week and I'll be happy. Well, that's, the, you just know. give me one day. That's where my optimism rests is that if enough middle managers and people on the lower end are able to successfully negotiate for these small concessions, you might, might have a semi-substantial change in like workplace culture I think, but yeah. i think that will last like a year until people get their quarter four statement and see that they made less than they did last quarter four well even even factoring in the pandemic like that's going to happen to everybody but when they see they're going to correlate that with their labor relations and mm. not with anything else I th well, I mean, that that kind of always happens like there's yes. always a, a kind of thing where it's like well like even in 2008 it's like well there was a downturn, and then it's like, you guys aren't pushing hard enough. And it's like, excuse me? Exactly. No, no one wants these goods because they are shaking in their boots. Also, this velvet blazer doesn't have a button and is the color of a particularly dry shit. <laughs> so that's why I have 20 of them, because no one wants to look like that. Okay? Not my problem. Bye-bye. Yeah, no one wants to look like a cracked turd. In velvet. <laughs> um... Yeah, it was, it was, I remember, yeah, I, I remember that time being a retailer in 08 and people were like, just, are you pushing hard enough? Are you making mm -hmm. it? I'm like, excuse me, you gave me nothing to sell. And also people who are very rich who can want this thing and will 
spend are shaken like you know the last leaf on a autumn tree yeah yeah granted they're wearing pearls but like no well, th- this is always the sort of corporate rhetoric right is that we're a family here and guys our our bottom line really suffered because of COVID 19 so we need everybody to really step up their game which means do three times the amount of work for yeah, less pay that, or no. whatever Mm-mm. and that and you're going to see a lot of that and and i think that the economic situation is so desperate that people aren't going to be able to effectively resist it. it it's just really dire i'm sorry to keep bringing this up if, but... if your business or organization describes something as a work family you look them dead in the eyes and you go, no, 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 we are not family. We are business partners because families have the ability to be naturally dysfunctional. But business organizations have rules. So go fuck yourself. Ain't no family up in here. Right. There was a tweet from somebody that was uh, saying, like, it's a real sign of the society that we live in that you're going to be able to see your boss before you're able to see your family. <laughs> probably and that that like is the situation but yeah i i mean i take your point that like if you stand your ground you could maybe make it work but i I don't think most people are like in that position or or even thinking that way i I think there's just so much desperation in the air Mm. you know and that like it's interesting talking about it from this perspective because like the phase of quarantine that was like about hopeful realization is over oh everybody's sad now yeah yeah, I mean, I'm speaking for myself that I'm sad because I feel like, yeah, I, it, it feels like those realizations can be completely real, but hanging on to them is really hard, and I don't think I can do it, and I don't, mm. I think that means that most people can't do it. Ah, I'm probably just overestimating yeah. my own like self awareness, um, but you're that lady on that podcast yesterday. Yeah, maybe. You know, just yeah, yeah. what I came to realize, that, but didn't actually implement in my own life. Ugh. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's just, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it other than it's just bumming me out that, like, we kind of did all this for nothing. Nobody's going to learn anything. Like, that. that is the lesson from this. If you think otherwise, you're really fooling yourself. I don't think you have a good handle on, like, what the real circumstances are like. And it's hard to have that handle because you don't see it. We've talked about this a million yeah. times that like all of this disaster kind of happening invisibly and in slow motion because we're all locked up. Um, I think it leads people to overestimate what society is capable of. And that's the kind of realization I've been having over the last week is like, yeah, society's not that different from two months ago. And that means it's going to, that means it's going to go back to that way. But you know, does it, I kind of, like, don't care about, like, like, society is always going to be a flawed beast, right? Like, it's just a matter of, like, what do you value and can you hold that longer and stronger? Like, you know, those things, the idea of, like, you know, if someone invites you out, the option to say no is fully off the table for six months. Sure, yeah. You know, like, and I'm okay with that. As much as I hate that, I'm fully okay with that, right? Just because it's like, no, it actually does matter to see your friends or, like, oh... I have three three days off. I'm going to go see my family. You know, do the things and make a point to do it because the social th- and have the enough like conviction to be like, Mm-mm, don't care about work or whatever the fuck. Sure. I, 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 I agree with all of that and I am fully 
I'm fully on board with the idea that these personal realizations will probably be kept. That's the level that everybody can control, right? So they yeah. probably will do things like draw boundaries with their friends and their jobs that are a little more appropriate if they're able to do that. Yeah. I'm skeptical on the job side because there's a lot of applied pressure that is abstract and systemic. That you that no matter whatever your personal realization is, like the material conditions are going to be put upon you. You don't have a lot of say in that. So whatever your personal realization is, you can try it out, but like you're probably going to get shot down for your one day of working from home or mm. whatever it might be. Right. Uh, so I, I want to like be clear that I think these personal realizations are the most important thing. They're the only thing any of us can control and affect. It's like our local circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the argument from people that think that that's going to sort of trickle up that a bunch of people's like small, uh, epiphanies are going to create societal change are really, really, really devastatingly wrong about that. Mm, never know. That that's just not the way things work. It doesn't work like that. Never has. I think that I think the historical record is clear that like power changes basically come from the top down unless there's violence, which there's not going to be. And so, but then you, what? You never know. You're right. You're right. But I I I'm just speculating, man. I know. I I, I know. And I, it's the like again that weird strange idea that like you don't you can't predict the future even though you know it usually looks like the past like i don't know like there's some little shred of like well maybe people will have will start you know thinking a little more potentially the thing is i think some people will potentially do that but when you put it in those terms with all those qualifiers right yeah some potential the prospect for whatever amount you're left with when you whittle it down Mm. is so small in the in the face of a global situation which is so all-encompassing unprecedented in history that's the thing that we don't know how that's going to work we don't we don't know how the local interacts with the global really because that's only 30 years old Mm. um so i'll give you that I'll seed the point that, like, yeah, I don't know, but the old cliche that, like, history doesn't repeat itself, it rhymes. Yeah. There's a reason we study it, you know? And I think a lot of people get really caught up in the idea that their individual realizations are going to make systemic change happen somehow. There's never a clearly articulated model of how to scale that. And that's what really worries me. I honestly think that the opinions... uh, of the commentariat that are like, you know, I had a realization that I can clean my own house and I don't need Consuela to do it. Like, I, that's not going to do anything, man. That's not going to do anything for anybody. And nor is anybody's spiritual, like, relationships or intellectual relationships. It's going to do it for you, maybe. Uh, but it matters if, if that, if it does, if your inner work does work on you, like... The end goal is, like, ideally you put it into practice and that affects other people. That's a very, right. like, holistic yes. way of living. It's a matter of, like, if once the world, once the gears start turning, can you remain that way? Or are you going to just return to your worst self? I would formulate it a little differently because I don't think most people are going to return to their worst selves. But there's a coordination problem. If everybody has their own subjective realizations that they do hang on to, how do those interact with each other? And is there like a thinking in place or 
some sort of modeling of how do we get those to cooperate to overcome like the problems that we face as a society. And in my assessment, nobody even bothers with that part. There's just an unspoken assumption that whatever your subjective realizations are will coordinate with other people magically. It's sort of like the, the same thing. It's sort of the spiritual equivalent of the invisible hand of the market. Like you don't you're believe in the nonsense. hum. You don't believe in the the vibes, man. The thing is, I believe in the vibes a lot. Oh, but yeah. I don't think that people that believe in vibes tend to think the way that I do, which is a problem. I'm not saying that I'm good at making this actionable. Yeah, I'm the Pe- worst, like laziest, pessimistic piece of shit in the world. But. Yeah, people who like crystals are not on the FBI watch list. Yeah, well, well, a couple of them. Um, but do you but do you see what I'm saying? Like, I I don't I don't like the magical thinking of this will all just work itself out. That's not acceptable in my opinion. You do have to like start to throw it out there of like how well actually how, actually how, no yeah. do the vibes make the world change? You do hands across America and then you drink a coke on a mountainside. <laughs> I, I thought I thought you knew that that you didn't know. Well, that is exactly... You don't know how this works? That is exactly what I know, and that's what scares me about it, is that (laughs) personal realization can just be commodified, and already is. So what would make you think that this time it's going to be different? Because that's what every, you know, tragicomic character says when they're on their upswing. This time it's going to be different. Uh, And then they fuck up even harder. Yeah. Never saw The Wedding Singer or... Oh, of course. What's it called? I mean, Adam Sandler comedies in general are basically predicated on a self-sabotaging um, oh, yeah. series of realizations. It's Uncut been... Gems is that. Everything that Adam Sandler's ever been in is exactly what I'm afraid of. We're all going to end up like Howie at the end of Uncut Gems thinking we've really fucking solved, squared this circle, and then someone shoots us in the head. Well, welcome to the new reality, fucking assholes. Or, <laughs> or you graduate from grade school as a 30-something or... Right. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah, Bob yeah. Barker beats you with a fucking golf club. I'm not sure. I like this idea, though. You're gesturing towards the uh, Happy Madison Productions as a possible model. Yes, we all might be ignorant fools, but at the end of the day, we'll learn our moral lesson once we've been beaten with enough golf clubs and our protege was eaten by an, or our, our mentor, rather, was eaten by an alligator. Yeah. We'll go through all that trial and tribulation, and at the end of the day, we'll get the girl and uh, get to have visions of our Mima in heaven. <laughs> Yeah. And Pulling on a slot machine surrounded by midgets. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, the, you know, and then you can get um, all your friends. You can give them acting jobs for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that's the thing, right? That th- This is such an interesting conversation. It's terrible. Like, well, no, because the thing is, it is sub- sublimely terrible. And it, it is exactly the American condition that, yes. At I would the be end fine of- if I was... Di- David Spade, like that would be okay. Hey, at the end of the day, if the world changes, it will be because it will be because a stupid grifter managed to lift up enough of their friends to remap the situation. I mean, that's usually hopefully, how it works. <laughs> yeah. Usually, those grifters have been evil. But God, th- yeah, exactly. So and the fact that we've been reduced to wishing that Adam Sandler would save the universe is horrible and gloriously American. I thought he did that with Click. I never saw a click. I don't know. Didn't he have like a world controlling remote? Yeah, I don't know. Oh my god. Maybe Adam Sandler is the preeminent philosopher of our time. Forget Curtis Yarvin and Nick Land and <laughs> all these other people. <laughs> Continental philosophy, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Schmachtenberger, eat your heart out. <laughs> 
these people we have these names are terrible <laughs> the people that you listen to it's worse names like don't they have stage names they should get stage names mm, mm-hmm. i think all thinkers should have stage names really like monikers or yeah like change their change your name to what i don't know well i don't know curtis yarvin changed his to mencius Moldbug. does that suit you is that better <laughs> no i mean three necks don't count in my book that doesn't count but like i feel like elon musk's name is fake that seems fake Interesting. But he's a Dutchman from South Africa, so. Well, I think that just makes him an Afrikaner, right? That's what we call them. Yeah, it makes him a racist, but. Eh, not necessarily. Mm. I mean, I think he's more of a classist, if, if anything. Eh, well, either way. Elon Musk does seem like sort of a psyop. He's a lot like Jeffrey Epstein in that I think he might just be an entity. Which is why his name sounds so futuristic or whatever. It's just, we got to give this guy a name that makes him seem really innovative. And then we'll put him in charge of companies that don't actually do anything, but seem like they gesture towards progress. Well, he progress. bought Tesla. Yes, I know. And then, like, I, I didn't know that. I was like, oh, he's the guy who invented it. It's like, no, 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 he just bought it. Oh, got it. He yeah, like, no. He, he like bought it and the founders had to name him a founder. His primary innovation, I guess, was being part of PayPal, but I'm not even sure if he contributed to PayPal. that in a meaningful way. I thought that was or, the other guy. Or if he was just an investor in it. Oh. What oh. other guy? I don't know. Bezos? I was thinking, like, Sean Parker. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> no. Oopsies. Yeah, Musk, Musk was one of the founders of PayPal. Oh. And then, yes, I mean, that's what happens with rich people that look innovative is they just purchase everything. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do anything. Well, this is the problem. Okay, so here's the problem that I had. I tried to buy one of those goddamn Russian uh, rotary phones, mm. like analog phones. For the listener, we were talking, we were, or rather, I was rewatching Chernobyl, and I gestured to Will to come into the room and look at the old school Soviet rotary dial telephones. If you haven't seen these, look it up. They're fucking gorgeous. Continue. You can only pay, you can only use PayPal. And I went, no, ma'am. I'm not, no. No PayPal. Oh, because they're all coming from like Ukraine or whatever. So you have or to. Or it's PayPal. like an Etsy shop and they're like, eh, we don't do credit cards. We want PayPal. I'm like, you have Venmo? Shit. I mean, what, what's your aversion to using I PayPal? I mean, Venmo is PayPal, right? Venmo's worse than PayPal. No, it's owned by PayPal. Oh, is it? I didn't I think know so. that. Um, pretty sure. So, like, either way, but it's like, why do I have to use this other thing to pay you? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't want You it. were looking at these on eBay, I'm assuming, right? It was like, no, Etsy. Etsy. Hmm. Well, Etsy's kind of in the same category. What I was going to say was that... But eBay... everything has a fixed price. Well, e- yeah, but eBay and like these sort of old online shopping things that predate Amazon to some extent, um, they are just tied to tradition because there didn't used to be a way of using your credit card reliably without that intermediary. Oh, yeah. You couldn't so. just put it into somebody's website because re- really, I think... The only thing you could pay for online was like Ticketmaster with uh, a credit card. Yeah, yeah. That was the first time I ever put in a credit card online. It was like as a teenager going to like, go to a concert. Can I get it? Yeah, yeah. You're probably right. I, I never thought about that, but because yeah. it was like the most secure thing. Because they're like, we're fucking Ticketmaster. It's secure. And you're like, okay, whatever. I well, I think what they did is basically just mimic what PayPal already does. Like, just have a sort of shadow database of all the credit card information that's encrypted, so that you can't see it from the other end. And eventually, that coding and like system became cheap enough that. Every website could just do it individually or Squarespace could provide it for you or whatever. But it used to be like its own thing. And that's what PayPal is. Yeah. I, and I, I think I think my only point was that these older websites, Etsy, eBay, are sort of tied to But Etsy's it. newer. Etsy's post-Amazon. 
Uh, it might not. But it's be. like, but it's also like crafty, like you know, like grandmas who knit and shit. Like also are alongside people, hipsters who are like, I bought all the Velveteen in a old warehouse that was going out of business. Now I'm selling them for seventy dollars. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they would probably be like, yeah, just feminine. I don't give a fuck. Well, it's an older model of transaction in that it's like barter. It's not exactly retail. Kind, uh, kind of. Because what do you have to do? You put coins in the. Well, coins in, in the PayPal, and then the PayPal disperses them. I don't know. No, how no, it no, works. no, no. Think about it this way: like in the example of eBay or Etsy, the transaction is pretty much one to one. You're not really buying things from like warehouses. You're actually yeah. buying it from the seller. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, between that and Amazon or whatever. Mm. Yeah, that's why I haven't, I haven't used an Amazon in so long. Well, I mean, it's it's been rendered almost completely useless at this point. Yeah. Do you still get your book yet? It says it's going to arrive tomorrow by 8 p.m., but I have no shipping or tracking information at all, so I don't believe it. It's going to arrive on a Sunday? I guess. I don't know. I ordered a book, by the way, I ordered a book over a week ago. Mm, Should have ordered from McNally or Powell's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me. That shit comes lightning fast. There's a company, like, all my, like, swishy shorts come from. I order it on, like, Saturday, and I get it by, like, Tuesday or Wednesday. Is this bananahammocks.com? Bananahammocks.biz? Yes, it's Banana.hammock. <laughs> Hammocks.bananas, thank you. Um, no, because, you know, Instagram got me and they were like, the last brand, they're like, here's some swishy things. I was like, okay, I, I'm fat. I need some elasticated waists. Yeah, give me. And they come in like 20, uh, two days. I was like, how is this possible? How, how can this happen? But I order something for Mother's Day in April and it doesn't arrive until after Mother's Day. And I went, God damn it. I tried this year. I really did. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Amazon's just a whole complex network of things at this point, and the left hand can't talk to the right, much like every other system Large and institution that we yeah. are familiar with. Mm, yeah. Fair. You know. Well. By the way, I heard that the thing about Bezos being a trillionaire is fake news. And then I looked into it, and that seems right. What do you mean? That it was based on an old study that said that Jeff Bezos was going to become a trillionaire by 2026. But that if you really look at his income and like extrapolate from there, that that doesn't make any sense. Because his net worth right now is something like $140 billion, which, by the way, is up $20 billion from like two months ago That's in spite of his service not working. But if you continue that trend, like even by 2026, I mean, a trillionaire, you're, you're talking about 10 times more than what he has right now, which maybe. Mm, I don't know. I Even like ordering like my hubcap set i like looked on amazon was like "Mm." and then went to the second thing on the google search yeah you're better off going to like o'reilly auto parts or whatever yeah i was like whatever like or just toyota probably you can order them from them they don't give a fuck they don't stock parts yeah they do you get them from like salvage places that refinish them i don't know dude uh car deal my cousin actually does this for a living car dealerships stock parts like all the way back to the beginning of their histories but i'm also like a cheap midwesterner and i will never buy anything from the dealer ever oh okay okay yeah the the mistrust of the slimy used car salesman is like a really ingrained part of our culture except for the time they gave me a year of free oil changes and i was like oh wow one cool two two i guess it's every four months I don't know. I don't know how cars work. We established mm-hmm. this already. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry um, for the last four minutes of conversation, sorry. guys. I feel like we were really on a tear there for a second. <laughs> it started to peter out towards well, the end. It got a little distracted. got confused. Um, do you want to take a moment and get the... Do, we can do a live testing of the... Sure. The talk rosé. Sure. 
You're closer. Oh, right. It's in the kitchen. <laughs> so, on this drive, I'll I'll fill some time while while there's some acquiring. On this drive yesterday, on 27, there is Wolfer Estate, which is a vineyard, which I always thought like was a California vineyard, but nevertheless, they're doing a a drive-through rosé. I was like, this is a white girl's dream. Um, but it was, oddly enough, not my white girl dream. It was uh, my co-pilot's white girl dream to go through the rosé drive-through. So, lo and behold, okay, it's on the other side of the road. We'll get back to it. Also drive by a clam shack, which also sounds like a white girl dream. Again, not mine. Normally, yes, I love an, uh, a New England fantasy part of my lifestyle i love it but both things were requested on copilot on the return trip to make a uh, a trip to so now this is the taste testing of the wolford reserve summer in a bottle with the ugliest bottle i've ever got damn seen um ready ready all right was that loud enough to pick up on the- i don't know i couldn't hear oh she's not bad no, that's very good. It's not as sweet as I would have expected, actually. Ooh, it's very pink and thought... Well, in a glass, it's actually... That's a good color. It's a medium pink for the listener. It's uh, not quite an Aperol, not quite a white wine. It's In other words, it's a rosé. It's darker It's darker <laughs> than a vrac, but lighter than, like... Lighter than, like, some things that are, like, at the local liquor I have store. To, I have to say, it's a good thing that we chilled it. I think that oh, this like at any warm. warmer of a temperature would be very syrupy. That's my sense of it. It's a little... Which, by the way, the other morning... It's a little thick on the tongue. Can't remember what day. It might have been yesterday. might have been the day before. Nobody knows time anymore. Mm. Um, I emerged from my room, and I would like some iced coffee, as one wants to do in the morning. Mm. And I go to crack open our ice tray, and it is covered in paper towel. There is paper towel embedded in the ice cubes that i'm meaning to use and i just realized why oh because as will was filling some air there and i went over to get our wine we use a trick around the house where if you wrap a damp paper towel around a bottle of wine you can chill it really rapidly in the freezer 15 minutes now back to the embedded paper towel my gruner got it all fucked up the reason that my ice was tainted by paper was because Will does this and then puts it on top of ice cube ice cube trays that are not fully solid. Oh, I didn't know it was uh, thereby ruining the entire thing. Oh, which he just did again. Oh shit! Now, <laughs> good thing ice is free. Um, <laughs> but no, you put it on top of the ice cube tray because it also it adds more chill around the thing, so it's making a little. That like... is true. If the ice is done, I don't look at the ice cube trays. <laughs> I'm constantly refilling ice cube trays and dumping them out around here because I'm a big ice man. I like my cup to be full of ice before it's the gross. liquid goes in. I like the water or the coffee. I want the cup full of ice all the way to the top. I'm a three cube max person. That's crazy. That melts, Unless I'm making a cocktail. That in melts which case, I'll in fill the whole glass. two minutes. Yeah, I'm not trying to like, you know, I like it European style. Even like my, my fizzy water. I'm like, you know, if it's a little warm, I'm not mad at it. You know, it's okay. You're an animal. Like a room, that is psychotic. Like a room temperature or a slightly chilled Pellegrino, perfect. But like room temperature is even fine. No, I want it so icy cold that all you can feel is the like 
snap of the bubbles and the absolute like arctic pain of drinking it oh no i want my water to be so cold that my teeth feel like they're gonna rattle out oh no 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 i that hurts me that hurts my teeth to be that cold yeah i know but that's the good feeling oh no it's bad it's so bad it's that masochism oh yeah also i don't know it's one thing when it's like tray size cubes it's the other when it's like commercial like the commercial cube are you talking about the ones that are sort of hollow in the middle that you can like stick your finger in like the ones you get at a starbies or like a they're a little flatter they're more like shards of cube yeah kind of or like if it comes out of like a fountain right like if anybody grew up in the suburbs and you had a freezer that had crushed or cubed it's right in between yeah 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 that I like a shitload of because that me- that melts if you look at it, right? You oh, give it yeah, a sidelong yeah. glance and it's water already. But like a normal cube, I'm like two, and they're they're cold. They're cold for a while. No, they're not cold for that long. Yeah, man. they are. They're pretty cold. I don't know. Look, with all your gaming, your computer is probably melting them a lot faster. Oh, that is true. Yeah, it's close proximity to the computing thing. You know, with your alien tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My light up keyboard <laughs> and my dual monitor setup. I, it wouldn't surprise me. I, w- I have been thinking about it, honestly. Jesus Christ. It's, that's, ugh, no. Those keyboards are uh, abominations is a word that I... Are they like the ones that have the ramps and it's a split keyboard? Yes. It's still QWERTY, but it's sort of shaped like um, a very shallow V. Ugh. A very Why? obtuse V. What? How? It's more ergonomic. It's easier to type that way. It is? And it doesn't hurt your wrist because there's something to sort of set them on. Oh. I mean, I type like an old lady, so, like, I don't know. I mean, I was joking about getting a dual monitor setup or a special keyboard, but I honestly have been thinking about getting a gaming mouse. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. My StarCraft game is getting good enough that my actions per minute are slowed down by the typical um, Apple mouse. I need a more ergonomic mouse with a more intuitive right and left click. And I could really up my game. Well, but is it that one that looks like a... I don't have a word for it. It looks like a giant vibrator with like a big ball in the middle and the two thingies. <laughs> yeah, and pretty it, much. Like It looks like you have to have a bear claw to like... Yeah, yeah. It's big and flat and it has like grooves for your fingers. Ew. Yeah. Ew. So it's ribbed for his pleasure. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I... Ugh. I mean, all tech things are designed by someone who hates all aesthetics. I think I've figured this out. Like, look at the Zoom recorder. That's the ugliest piece of machinery I've ever goddamn seen. I, it's I think sleek you... for what it is, but like yeah. it should be cleaner. Like, there's angles involved for the reader at home. No, it's no, no, very no. boxy. It, we've been through this a million times with you, and like the way that you like to arrange things in the home, or the type of things that you like to buy, you have no sense of utility at all. Yes, like things could look better sometimes, man. But at, at the end of the day, you have to use them. But I have to look at them more than I use them. That's because I do everything, and you look at things. I look at a lot of things. That's I why things. I take revenge when we go on long drives. I get to look out the window, and you have to do everything. And <laughs> it's my and it's my spite. Oh. Because no, I don't wish the Zoom recorder was designed any differently. Yes, it could look better, but goddamn it, I have to use it. I have to use it while we're recording. You know, it has to work. It has to be clear. 
Oh, okay. It's okay. You know, the knobs have to be big so that you can touch them intuitively and not fuck around with them before you get your desired effect, you know? Huh. But can't it be like... The house can't be full of glass because then it's breaking constantly everywhere all around you. It doesn't matter how careful you are or how hard you try. There's thin glass at every turn. Some people try a little harder than others. (laughs) Well, because you're mostly concerned with preserving it so that you can admire it. And use it on I'm occasion. trying to use it all the time. Okay, well. <laughs> granted, I did break a champagne glass because it just, like, I knocked it over plugging in a lamp and it just broke immediately. Why there like, are wow. champagne glasses in your home, I will never understand. You get use out of them maybe once a year. Yeah, that's why you have them. <laughs> They're occasions glass. Do I need to... Un- do you need to hear my extended theory of... You know, glassware. Sure. We're going a little long here, but let's hear (laughs) your extended theory of glassware. Like, you never, like, if you are a host, you never want to be caught without the thing you need. Ever. Like, because this glassware has existed for over 10 years. This is like 15 year glassware. Not all of it, but like a lot of it. I've had a lot of it. Like, you know, like, it sucks when you're like, oh, people are coming over and you're like, oh, here we go. Like, I guess this is it. Like, you always, like, if you really want to be the consummate host, you never have to be like, shit, I got to go make a run and get a bowl or a serving plate or whatever the fuck. You just want to be like, it's there. I have it. It's done. Because then if, you know, surprise, people are coming over, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, there's enough for four at the very least. Granted, these might not match because some people like to break them and then we've got sets of twos and threesies. Um, I am not the only person that breaks these. I want to make that very clear that you also constantly break glassware. It's not just me. I break it occasionally. You break it less fifty percent of the time. Less. My quantity is a little lower than yours, but you know. Well, I, I, I guess I guess I'm the also incident the per- that we once described a few episodes yeah, back, where yeah. I broke like fifteen things at the same yeah. time. Yeah, that put that kicked my ratio up. My, my kill batting, rate's a little bit less. My batting average is a little higher than yours. Yeah, yeah, my kill rate's much lower. But I'm also the person who has to go replace them. So I'm like, if I, you know, I I know where the source is. So I'm like, eh. if it breaks, I go okay, I go get it. I go hunting. Look, I understand this theory of glassware, but the weird thing about that is, is you don't really have an interest in hosting. I you like will it. do it, yeah, if you're basically forced into it or told that it's happening. But yeah, the reason that you collect glassware is not because you're constantly um, making your home available to your friends. In fact, I think you would never do that what? if you were on your own. Mm. No, I mean, think about it. Eh, I would. I'm no, you lazy. wouldn't. You, you like the over. idea that you would do it more than actually doing it. Mm. Yeah, I like the idea. And you so like, like the idea of etiquette yeah. more than it actually matters to your friends whether or not it's carried out. Yeah, probably. Okay. Well, but I got glasses so for it just in case. theory of uselessness, <laughs> in case anybody was wondering. Well, you know, if people come over, I got the shit for it, so it's fine. Um you see, it is nice to have. I, w- I will admit, I will admit that in a hosting situation, it's really nice to have. But the unfortunate reality is that we are living through a pandemic where it's just you and I here, and yet I'm surrounded by 200 pieces of glass at all times, and they're just sitting on the counter. Sometimes, sometimes they're just sitting on the table. Sometimes you're hoarding them, like the girl from Signs in your room, and they're all half full of water. I mean, you know, honestly, I'm I'm consumed by glass. You know, aliens are real, man. I mean, I'm know, only gotta be ooh, Tom DeLong over here. <laughs> we gotta be prepared. <laughs> you know gotta be, what if one like pokes its little fingy through my uh window and i go ah <laughs> gotcha bitch and then it falls and then you know they leave you, you need to incorporate the defensive quality of your uh comprehensive theory of glass oh yeah that it's useful as a weapon 
Oh, I mean, like, if, you know, if I was ever home invaded, no one would make it out alive. Like, I would be like, oh, you want to go, bitch? Let's crack some glass and oh get this on. Earlier in this pandemic, when I thought that society was going to utterly collapse, it would have been a really good Home Alone contraption to, like, put all of your glassware on the stairs and then string up a can of paint so that when a would-be burglar got about halfway up, you unleash the can on them and then they fall back down into champagne glasses. Yeah, you put... You, <laughs> you take these martini glasses, you, you know, stick them upside down, you crack off the bases, and then it's like... Pungy pontu- sticks. Yeah, pontu spikes, yeah. Yeah, you cover them in shit. Yeah, why do you, yeah, why do you think I got two cans of paint? <laughs> we got wine glasses, I got some canes. I will fuck up anyone who tries it. Like, you're not getting out alive. Or well, you might, but hold hold the glass in, never take it out. I mean, if the teenagers that accosted you are any indicator, you'll certainly get out alive, but you might get a little bit of like sort of gay fay running away. <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's gay running it's flailing limbs and ah. that that should be an olympic sport gay running yeah you know how they have the special olympics no, it's called running they should have the, they should have the um non-binary olympics i mean all water where we do things like the the best uh twitter post dunking on ben shapiro or gay running again it's just run uh... or the lesbian u-haul race event it's a th- three-way tie. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, the skills are top-notch. Uh, the Polycule Google Calendar what? event. What the fuck is a poly... What? I don't know what these words mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not I very online. To, I think we're going to have to cut this part out. But... Oh, God. Okay. Well, I'm not very online, so I don't mm-hmm. know what any of You don't means. know what a polycule is? No. Oh, okay. Like a thruple? Yeah, but it's usually more than three, even. That's just a bunch of strangers fucking. I don't... I, I don't... What it seems to mostly be is one or two women that hang out with one or two hot guys and a bunch of incels that pretend that they like this. What? But really, they're just cucks. Okay, this is just a rom-com from 2003. Like, eh. Oh my god, I saw the best post today. It was uh, a Photoshop of Jennifer Aniston wearing a shirt that said Biden 2020, but there was two hands coming from the back that covered her breasts. All of the Janet Jackson cover? Yes. Why they picked Jennifer Aniston, I don't know. Maybe I'm depressed because I'm surfing r slash conservative for. Yeah, most I of think the day. You, again, you know. <laughs> they do have good posts, though. They're they're top. They're top tier. <sighs> Much like our president, a born poster. That might be why you're very depressed. <laughs> mm-hmm. The irony just can can it you know, iron is like iron is cold, right? Cold to the touch, and if it seeps deep within your bones provides a chill to your outlook but not a chill in the chill way like it's a chilling like ooh, mm-hmm. dread well it hardens your spirit yeah against the coming banality it's already been banal i don't know what to tell you <laughs> i feel like i need to end this episode about seven minutes ago yeah, probably so. you probably won't this will probably all be I, it'll probably all be in there but it's un- unfortunately very unfunny and just depressing yeah it's on brand okay what are you surprised by this hmm Oh, what's the final review? Wolford Estate not worth sixty dollars, but worth twenty four. Um, what I think it was more than that. It was twenty eight dollars. What? Yeah. Um. Okay. No, worth twenty. Twenty on the dot. Uh, listen, man. As I said to you yesterday, I'm very much of the Leslie Nope school of give me the cheapest wine that you have because I can't tell the difference. And I think this is very much in that category where I've had ten dollar bottles of wine that were close enough. 
Oh, yeah. That I don't think this is worth nearly $30 at its discount rate. But it's in the Hamptons, $20 is $10. You know, having had it now, if I went to, you know, my fancy gentrified wine shops mm-hmm. and I saw it there and it was 18 bucks, every third week I would buy it. You know what I'm saying? This would be your treat? Yeah, I would buy it as a treat every once in a while. Hmm. For $28, I would never buy it again. Oh, no. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, like, rosés are not the kind of wine... That should cost more than $15. Yeah, yeah. It's just... It's it's trash. Rosés are trash. There's no such thing as bespoke artisanal rosé. I mean, technically, all all wine is artisanal, except for, like, Franzia. Fair enough, but you know what I mean. But that's blush. Yeah. Blush. Like, the difference between this and, like, a box of Franzia rosé, that gulf is not as wide as the difference between a $28 cab and a Franzia box of cab. Well, Franzia doesn't make boxes of cab. They make Merlot boxes. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, so fine. if you want some grape juice in a box. I mean, you can split hairs about this shit all day long, but what I'm saying is that rosé is a thing that has a low ceiling and low fo- low floor. There's really, mm. you can't go that wrong with one you unless can. it's yellowtail or something. Maybe. Cupcake. But, Fine, but even then, it's not that different. Barefoot. It's not that different. Mm. Well, the hangover is the worst part. That's yeah. the difference. Yeah, that yeah. One will fuck you up and one will make you Well, like, then mm, we, should, we should follow up this conversation because I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right, let's, let's sign off. This has been a bad episode. Wait, did you ever gone... slap the bag? What? Like the box of wine where like college students slap the bag while they like do like an under like a bag stand they to get open. more wine out of it well it's still full they like so oh like, so it gushes really yeah. hard into your mouth um i don't recall ever doing that although i'm certain that i have mm. um my favorite box of wine story is that one time i went to the pitchfork festival in chicago um this is when i was underage so it was difficult to drink you had to just get whatever you could get uh-huh um and we used to do a thing called Bath Brigade. Oh God! Um, you where all of this. <laughs> every everybody on the trip or in the house or whatever, mixed gender, would all get naked and get in the bathtub at the same time. In fact, you've done this once, so yeah, don't you change. Can edit out all of this then. Uh, but we did a Bath Brigade, and for some reason, we had befriended a little person nurse. Yeah, you you can't on the course of this trip. Well, cut out. I was very careful to use the proper nomenclature so that no one could accuse me of calling her a midget. <sighs> and you just did. Okay. Um, so the midget nurse and everyone else are in the bathtub, and we had a box of Franzia, and we shed the box, much like we shed our clothing, and uh, drank from the bladder person to person it was a real bacchanal because it's spilling into the bathtub the bathtub water starting to turn a little pink and like it's, disgu- it's all, all over me disgusting. it's all over her you know um <sighs> that was one of the greatest nights of my life so i think i probably slapped the bag um but don't, didn't know that call her that 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 was a specific thing i mean honestly would have okay <laughs> but it didn't happen i wish i could remember her name so i could shout her out but i don't uh, she subsequently was ejected. Wait, was a nurse? She was a nurse, yeah. What was this of-age adult person doing with teenagers? Good question. I really that's don't the real, know. Because like, I think that's 
look, man, it was a different time, you know? It was the early 2000s. Back then, you could be in your 20s and hang out with teenagers and nobody thought it was weird. Everyone thought it was weird. I don't think so. Yeah. It's pretty weird. Well, yeah. Anyway, she was later ejected from the Pitchfork Festival for sneaking in, like, a small amount of gin. I'm going to recuse myself from saying anything because I was going to make a joke, but I... I'm going to be a good person. <laughs> Do it. Never. Nope. Nope. I think the listener can figure out. They know I like puns. Figure it out. You know. <laughs> all right. Are we done? I think we're done. <laughs> Edit all of... Cut it all. Uh, uh, this episode might end up being a little bit short. Sorry, guys. Uh, you'll never know why. Bye. <laughs> That's the intro. Ha, 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 ha.